0: Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me this week is first-time guest co-host, Monica, a.k.a. Wicked Kitten. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello! Thank you for having me.
0: It's uh, it's interesting because we were talking pre-show, and I'm kind of like, I'm, I, I mean, I feel like, I know we've talked before. Have you been on the show before? It would not It would not surprise me if you had been, because I feel like we've... We've podcast before, although maybe it was just like a, a a past good, bad or bullshit holiday special. And I might even be making that up, too. So <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, I can remember there was a, one of the Extra Life things. We played that game and uh, you, what was it called? The Dead by Daylight together. Oh,
0: yes, that's true. Wasn't it your first time playing?
1: It was one of my first times, and I'm not. I'm gonna have to put this on record that you you let me die at one point.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying you did it on purpose. I'm just saying, like, you moved that bank of wood, and I couldn't jump yet because I didn't know how.
0: <laughs> oh yes, okay, yeah, that was uh. Luckily, well, it was on the record, and then I think the vod got deleted by Twitch because it's like, uh, well, we need to protect Ryan's um Dead by Daylight um reputation here. Uh (laughs) although it's weird because I am on on the record as a terrible Dead by Daylight. So this all checks out in my mind.
1: It was really funny.
0: But yeah, Dead by Daylight, that game. That game is so much fun, although I don't play it often enough. So when I do, I forget how to play. Um same. Yeah. Yeah. And then they add new stuff every three weeks and I I really can't keep (laughs) can't keep up. Uh, but it's, it's a fun one. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I do remember that, yeah, for Extra Life. It's always <laughs> fun bringing folks in for Extra Life from across the communities and and being able to, uh, you know, um, yeah, play different games and, and play online. I don't play a lot of multiplayer games. Extra Life is, is really when that happens. So uh, we'll have to do that again. And I'll have to promise uh, not to uh, uh, make you die, I guess, in the game by throwing a pallet in your face <laughs> apologies for that it was really
1: funny because i'm like okay good we're together we can we can get away and then like you move the pallet and then you slammed it back before i went past And i'm just like oh okay
0: yeah that's the most un-canadian thing you could do right that's the opposite <laughs> of holding a door open like slamming a pallet on the ground is <laughs> it's not great it's not a canadian hey. thing to do so well i am sorry uh that's also on the record And, um, we will, we will have to play dead by daylight again. And then at some point in the evening, you will have to drop a pallet in front of me and then I will, uh, be sacrificed to the spider gods, I guess.
1: The spider gods.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For some reason, just spider gods up, up in the sky.
1: Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me, but (laughs) yeah, it's the game.
0: And I was about to say, it's never explained, but I'm sure uh, if, if Jocelyn were here, she would say, well, actually, there's a comic and uh, it explains the whole thing. <laughs> um, and, you know, speaking of Jocelyn, for folks at home, Jocelyn is currently on maternity leave and she did have the baby on Friday. Uh, mom and baby and all the family are doing very well. And uh, Olivia has been welcomed into the world. She posted on uh, Twitter, into the Discord. Uh, so you can definitely go check out some uh some photos of of olivia and um welcome her into this world and we'll be welcoming jocelyn back to the show when she's ready she's gonna take some time to get you know recovered and and uh and and get used to being a new mom and and all that fun stuff so uh we'll keep everyone posted but definitely go to twitter i will link the um I'm saying Twitter and I know everyone's at home. is like, well, what's Twitter? And it's like, come on guys.
1: They completely forgot that it's called Twitter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, it'd be even worse if I was like, well, you could check it out on threads and Mastodon, but only if you're on the, uh, Mastodon dot social. Uh, now I'm just upsetting everybody, but no, seriously, uh, I will link the, uh, the Twitter post, the X post in our episode description. Go there. Uh, you know, Send your congrats, and um, we will welcome Jocelyn back uh, in the near future. But until then, we've got some video games to talk about, and uh, I did not plan this, but I welcome it. Monica, you've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. Once again, I have a guest host on here who's going to remind me why I need to get back to that game, because I'm assuming you're enjoying it. A lot of folks are enjoying it, and uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Baldur's Gate 3.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is actually my first experience playing an RPG. Um, it's, uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I think I, I mentioned, well, I'll mention to the listeners, but I've only been playing games for like, for serious since like 2015. And, um, so like everything that I've played. So like my, my first card game was Hearthstone. My first, MOBA with heroes. My first MMO was, uh, Warcraft, even though I didn't play Warcraft for very long or much. Um, and so this was like a new experience for me altogether playing something like this. Uh, and it kind of blew me away. And I think that that's funny because I haven't played other RPGs to be like, Oh yeah, this is definitely better. It's just like I got in the world and it was just gorgeous. Like the game is so well done. The voice acting, the world, the <laughs> like everything that's going on is just so it's like like I'm in, I just, I'm like so excited to play this game. And I'm playing it with friends, uh, which is always good, like two other people, so that we still have room in our party for, you know. Um, Fire Lady. I forget names often.
0: Carlac, she's the best.
1: I love her. Yeah. She's really great.
0: She is uh I, I discovered her later in Act One after I'd done the whole uh the big main quest in that area, and I and I always think like as a big regret for me because I feel like the game is set up in a way for you to recruit all the origin characters in act all the act one ones pretty quickly. Um but if you don't venture outside, like sort of the the intro area of, of that sort of core, you know, goblin camp, druid camp, uh, you can miss some of some of the additional characters there. So um, and you're playing you're playing multiplayer, which is cool because that's an experience I've not had yet. But I, I hear from folks that it is a it's a completely different game kind of when you're playing multiplayer because you're not only negotiating with the systems of the game, but you're negotiating. um with friends although like that's my experience in talking to Crofton who's playing with his friends where it's always a negotiation where everyone's trying to go their own way but maybe you are more in sync with your friends than he is.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm I'm playing with so uh I'm playing with one of my co-hosts from Gore uh Dreadlord or Dreadly and he has already gone through the game solo completely like he's just he's finished it once through. And so now he's joining me and another one of our friends to, you know, to do the the multiplayer thing. So I kind of let them lead me because I don't really know what I'm doing a lot of the time. Um, I based the, the character, which is a sorcerer, on my character from D&D, which is basically the same character I make every time, by the way. Don't tell anyone.
0: Mm, that's fine.
1: Um, cause I'm like, it, it, it was really hard playing D and D not knowing anything and not really understanding like so- sorcery points and things like that. And so playing this game was kind of, it's almost like going to school for learning how to play D and D because I don't have to ask anyone any questions. I can try things out and see what it does. I've made a lot of mistakes, um, killed a lot of people by accident um by accident
0: (laughs) that's the main thing you know
1: yeah like i you know i took stuff because i like to steal right you know like everyone does right and i start things and i didn't mean to i didn't know that was gonna start so i was like i'm not gonna take anything anymore and then i walked into this one room and i i just was looking at something and i broke it and then this this man all by himself was there and he started a fight with me. And so we went over and we murdered him. And that made me feel really bad. I'm like, this poor man didn't ask for any of this.
0: It is odd though. Like sometimes it's a game that really, um, prioritizes, you know, the power of being able to choose all your uh, different paths and then, but having to deal with consequences. Right. Um, but I really do wish there was more opportunity to uh, talk yourself out of a mistake. Um, It sounds like there's a lot of moments where you might accidentally do something. And I've done this too, where I'm like, the way the narrative set up is set up in Baldur's Gate three is it is, is that your characters get a lot of access to um, the bad guys for the lack of a better word, the bad guys area where you can sort of walk amongst folks who would normally just be a combat scenario um, just based on the narrative that that's going on. So oftentimes you do find yourself in areas where one false move can result in a whole area aggroing and and fighting you. Um, And with guards, you do get an opportunity to kind of talk yourself out of it a little bit. Uh, But there's been, uh, there's been instances where I've tried to, you know, navigate a specific area and like one false move. And it's like, I see what you're doing. And now you will die. And it's like, what, why can't we just talk about this or maybe bribe you? I don't know. Like let's, let's have a conversation here. And yeah, there are moments like that, but I feel you on, on like the character creation and bringing in like a past D and D character, because this is, this is based on, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I think fifth edition. And I mean, Outside of maybe lacking uh some some race because I think my yeah. like my past D and D character, and it's been a while, but it was like a fire guy. It was like a guy that was always on fire. I th- I can't remember what they were <laughs> called. Um
1: Yeah. That's funny because my mine was uh, an Asimar. Asmar? I don't know if that's how you pronounce that, but I was like the angelic type of um uh, person. Mm-hmm who was also a sorceress. But, um, in this one, they didn't have that. So I had to choose tiefling, which I, you know, was a little bit different, but it's interesting.
0: Tiefling's probably the closest. Uh, so that's, I was tempted to go that route, but I went with a bard. I felt like a bard was one of those options where, uh, cause I was going to play solo. I kind of wanted to have sort of quote unquote, easy mode for like rolling dice. <laughs> so like, um, it just it allowed me to almost constantly get the dice rolls I wanted just based on like buffs and and whatnot for my character, and it worked out quite well. I haven't finished it yet. I'm still in act two uh but act one is super solid so like how far like how far into act one are you like if you had to give a ballpark of like what you've done like where are you at in in act one
1: um jeez, it's been a confusing time uh the last <laughs> thing I remember. <laughs> We were fighting in a big cave with spiders.
0: Okay. Did you go underground then? Is that what happened?
1: I think so. We went like down this ladder and through a did we go through a portal? It's we've done a lot of stuff. Um I'm not really sure I'm not really sure what it was called. I, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, there was um we had to defeat these guys. <laughs> I'm very descriptive about this, by the way. And and then there was like a bunch of spiders after that. And we just kept dying. And we had already had like a small, another small fight before that. So I didn't have much in the way of like spell slots and stuff. But they kept trying to do this over and over again. And I'm just going <laughs> to follow my friends because they're the people leading the way. So yeah. we just kept dying over and over again. Which is fun, you know.
0: Well, I mean, it, that is learning, right? Like, I feel like uh, the saving and loading in that game, um, as long as you rest before a battle, you you kind of, you would always start with the, the same tools you had uh, with every fight. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I kind of miss the spiders. I, I think there's a bunch of ways into the Underdark in Act 1. And I think it through a well is one of them. And that leads to the spiders. And I, I think I completely... Miss that, uh, but there's so much to do uh, in the Underdark. Now, one of the things with multiplayer in Baldur's Gate three um, does that does that kind of like take you away from the origin characters, or because you have that extra slot, that you can kind of bring in characters as you go. Do you still feel like you're getting like that experience? Because I feel like that's a big part of the game is is those origin characters.
1: Yeah, that's the that is the thing cuz i you know i didn't know anything to begin with and uh my my um my co-host he bought the game for me so that i could be part of this group get the experience and and play the game and as i've been playing it with them you know we've been able to switch out i think uh the other the other person's like controlling that fourth spot and they had Shadowheart in there for a while, I think. Or was it Lizelle? I think they had Lizelle until we got, um, Carlac,
0: Carlack, yeah.
1: And so now we just have Carlac.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, that's the right progression, right? If you have one slot, you probably want to put the the character in there that's, uh, that's going to be, I don't know, there's something about Carlac. She's just so positive, uh, And, you know, Shadowheart has her moments. Lazella's, (laughs) is very uh, negative. Um, And then you have Asterion who just who is a vampire and wants to uh, wants to eat everything. But um, yeah. Yeah. Will's great, though. If you find Will, uh, he should be. Well, I think if you have Karlaq, you have Will, right? Is that how that works?
1: I think so. But everybody's at camp. Like, that's the thing that's that's the thing that i you're right i am missing out on getting to know these characters in a very like personal way having them with me through the whole journey but playing it this way you know i'm learning a lot and i'm actually i'm having the desire to play my own like solo run at some point so that's something that's definitely gonna happen and you know but you know he bought me the game, so I had to play with them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I feel that. No, and and that's the thing. And I think, like, it, for for multiplayer, that's the approach, right? You're playing multiplayer, and you're building on those. Uh, you're you're having a specific experience, and you're building on your knowledge of the game. And I think that further uh, gives you that knowledge to to start a solo campaign. And like, okay, I'm gonna do this is a little bit differently i'm going to go recruit these characters before i do go do this and i think for folks at home i would say like if you're playing baldurs gate 3 you you kind of do want to recruit all the origin characters before you you sort of wrap up the goblin camp because there's a story moment after the goblin camp that is very focused on your own party's camp that kind of forwards the narrative for all the characters and gives you an opportunity to have conversations with your characters. Like that's my, that's my favorite thing about, um, about Baldur's Gate three has been the conversations with characters at camp. Um, I really love, I, I love that about all the Bioware games of like doing a mission and mainly, all right, I know all these characters are going to have something new to say, uh, including the characters I don't like, they'll still have something new and we'll, we'll, we'll work through that together. <laughs> uh, and, you know, for your first experience playing an RPG, like I, I think that this is a, this is a great place to jump in because you're getting, you know, the best of, you know, gameplay with the, with the, um, Larian studios take on Dungeons and Dragons, but also like the way they present the story, the narrative and the characters with you know fully voiced action lines and, and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a really great, uh, package and experience for um for an RPG and I mean you've probably seen the news of people saying like oh this is the best RPG ever like it kind of ruins other RPGs and I I don't (laughs) think that's the case I think there are critical experiences out there where there's like great story great characters and I mean are they gonna compare well to Baldur's Gate 3 like they might not compare exactly the same to it but they they have their own experiences too and I think um um there there are other ones out there like i think uh you know some of the bioware experiences i think like dragon age uh dragon age is a hard one to to recommend cuz there's three very different games but maybe when dreadwolf comes out that might be a good jumping on point to uh to check out that franchise but uh there are a lot of great rpgs out there um and and some offer a very different experience in Baldur's Gate 3. It's it's not Dungeons and Dragons, but it might be you know, it might be a good approach is if you want to keep it with Larian, you could look at uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which is very uh-huh. similar, same same yeah. company and whatnot, so.
1: I watched that like my biggest experience is watching streams like I I've I've watched Divinity being played. So It looked interesting at the time, and I was just like, I don't know what they're doing. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, and I'll be right there with you. Like, I remember watching Divinity Original Sin 2, and I've had the same reaction. I don't know what it is about Baldur's Gate 3 that's kind of like changed that tune for me. Like, maybe it's because Larian's specific divinity engine was a little more complex than already having that base knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons, like having that very base knowledge, like nothing crazy, but like even just understanding like the core setup of, of combat with, you know, main actions and bonus actions and spell slots and all that goes a long way, you know, when you're jumping in. So yeah, well, I'm really glad you've, uh, you've had some time to check that out. And I mean, I'm jealous of everybody who's been playing multiplayer. I, I feel like I, I don't have a lot of time for my solo game. I would be, I almost had a chance to jump in actually to um, uh, in Crofton's game. Cause I think one of their players had to bow out for a, for a weekend, but uh, it didn't line up. And I think that's one of the cool things is that there is that drop in, drop out sort of co-op. Um, even having players jump in and control one of the origin characters without, without skipping a beat. Right. So it's a really cool experience. And uh, well, speaking of cool experiences, I wanted to um, I wanted to update everybody because I've had a I've had a time to uh, to play some Cyberpunk 2077. We talked about this last week when uh, John was on because he had played uh, Phantom Liberty and uh, I had a chance to progress enough through the main campaign to hit the expansion content. And I haven't quite finished it yet, so I'm not going to like spend too much time on it. I will probably uh, save it for next episode. Uh, but I have played a good chunk of it and I got to say like, you know, bringing Idris Elba into the game alongside Canna Reeves, uh, it's kind of, it's really interesting to see the, the star power that they've kind of injected into this game. It's, it's really interesting in the sense that like you have, you have these big named actors playing key roles and it can kind of feel a bit like, you know, a bit of a gimmick, you know? Um, and I think having played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you don't you don't feel that as much with Keanu Reeves because he's he's in it throughout the whole game. And I wasn't sure how they were going to handle Idris Elba's character, but you know this expansion, Phantom Liberty, it's it's a substantial piece of content. Like there's a reason they're sort of correcting folks and saying it's an expansion, not DLC, because it really does feel like a traditional expansion. Um, You know, Monica, you being uh, a fan of World of Warcraft and and Blizzard games in general, like, I think that's where my brain goes when you talk to expansions. Uh, You know, you think World of Warcraft, um, new zone, new powers, new zones, the big one for me, you know, new zone, new story, that sort of thing. That's what kind of like makes me think expansion and they really do uh nail that here like th- the area and we talked about this with john last week like the area is Dogtown; it was sort of this sealed off area from the main game uh but they open it up in in this game and and really it is that's probably the weakest part is like they don't like before they they explain as like no we don't go there it's too dangerous and, and now it's like well now you can go in there it's dangerous but you know it's, it's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) It's your funeral type thing. Uh, And it's, it's not more dangerous there than it is uh, elsewhere in the game, but uh, it's still pretty dangerous. And this, this whole new area presents a whole new story. And I think the way they have the story set up is it kind of, it, it keeps it separate from the rest of the game in the sense that you have this area that's been cornered off for, for a story reason. And you're there to, uh, to save the president whose plane has crashed. And I think when I watched the trailer, it's like, suddenly we're the most important person on the world and we're helping the president. And there are these weird, surreal moments where your character is talking to the president and it's just like, even your character is kind of like, how, how is this happening? Like How am I, this random person here, <laughs> saving the president and it's my job to save the president? and not somebody else's and the game does a really creative thing in immediately connecting your character in a way that makes sense to this disaster that's happened with the president crashing uh into dogtown which is this sort of contested area of night city between um night city and uh, the new united states and it's it like again, like they they kind of like thought of all that and, and kind of narratively approached it in a way that like, okay, we we know you're immediately gonna have these XYZ concerns, so we're gonna come up with story reasons to to make it work. And it, it all comes down to the relic. I mean, the whole thing about your main character is you you have the relic, it's killing you, Keanu Reeves is inside your brain, Johnny Silverhand, and then that sort of makes your character super unique and that you're the only one that has this condition. And they use that uniqueness to kind of tie you to what would normally be this like really weird situation with the president and uh, calling upon just this random person that you created 12 hours ago at the start of your cyberpunk 2077 journey. So I really appreciated the way they handled that sort of like jumping off point Um, because I, I feel like you don't really get that fantastical um storyline elsewhere in cyberpunk twenty seventy seven it all kind of fits in with the with the narrative there, but this one's a it's a bit at a left field like it's it's um it is literally you saving the president and 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 it turns into like a spy like a secret agent uh expansion, and it works it's not they don't just hand wave it away of like oh no, it makes sense, so I really appreciated that uh but like I said, I'm still working through it. It's substantial. There's a lot of content there and I'll definitely have more to say uh, next week, but I, I've really been enjoying the narrative of it. Um, I don't know how far I am, whether I'm going to be finished it um, anytime soon. Like I feel like I'm getting close to the last main mission within the expansion, um, but I'm not ready for my adventures uh, to be done with Idris Elba just yet, so I'm I'm looking forward to more time with the voice of Knuckles. So um, I will report back soon. Uh, Monica, have you had a chance to check out Cyberpunk? Is that, is that going to be your second RPG that you, you get to? Uh, Cause that might be fun.
1: I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seems like a very cool looking game. I watched um, Bo play some of it on his stream at some point. True. Um, I know it didn't, I don't think it was doing good at like launch or something. So, uh, I think Bo's the only person I know that's well, and I guess you and, and the core other core people, um, that are playing it. I don't know. It may be something I got to check out. I mean, it's got Keanu Reeves and, and Idris Elba. I don't know. Those are pluses in my book for, (laughs) for playing a game.
0: Honestly, uh, very good pluses. Like I, I think, I think like my experience with the game and, and here's the thing. Like, I think if you're looking for um, a game with a, with a narrative that's different from any other game you've played, like that's my thing is like, it feels so different from anything else I've played. And I think that's been my, my, my biggest plus for this game is like, I can't think of another, I know there are other cyberpunk esque games, but I haven't played a lot of them. I, I would probably say this might've been my first one. And the story, even in the main game, the story is just so different from anything else. And the uh, the combat, while looking complex and can be, at least for me when I played it, I felt like, oh man, I don't know how I'm... I'd never do well with first-person RPGs, with a lot of shooting. Like, I just, I'm very bad at min-maxing. But at the end of the day, like, the combat is is not very punishing. Uh, and, and the systems have come a long way with all the updates they've made, especially with this 2.0 update. So if you were to jump in, uh, and there's just so many fun, there's just such a huge cast of fun characters that you meet along the way that you're constantly interacting with. Um, there's not many games. I get excited when like a virtual phone call comes in and I get to talk to my best friend, uh, Pan Am or, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah, Jackie. Yeah. Isn't
1: that an airline from the sixties or something?
0: It is, but also a character <laughs> <laughs> in Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, she's really great. Uh, Jackie's really awesome. And, um, it, it is a fun game. I think, you know, if you can, if you can get it on sale, I'm sure the main game can be purchased on sale. Pretty, uh, you know, a pretty good discount. Cause the game has been out for three or three years now, uh, as of this December. And, and like wow. I said, it's come a long way.
1: How, so, did, how has it been three years the thing came out like six months ago didn't it <laughs> it's what it feels like
0: <laughs> it feels like the game wow. cyberpunk 70, 2077 has uh, honestly come out every six to eight months since it <laughs> launched in December 2020 um it really does feel like that game relaunched a couple times there was you know there was the next gen updates about a year or so after it came out and then there was the Netflix uh edge Runners anime re-release with uh patch 1.6 and then there's this most recent update uh with 2.0 and a majority of the systems that they added and, and again goes back to the, like the expansion feel is like they lock the narrative in the new area and i think one perk tree which is the relic perk tree behind the expansion the paid content everything else is available with the 2.0 update and it really does feel like an expansion launch of like, Hey, I don't have to buy the expansion. I can get all the cool sort of upgrades that they put in here. So you'll get to experience that from day one, uh, when you play it and, uh, you can get really cool swords that are in your arms, Monica.
1: That sounds kind of great.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's honestly like that was the, that was the selling point from the trailer way back in, uh, 2015 when they announced it. And, uh, you do get those arms and you can use them as weapons. They're called mantis blades and they're the best. So, um, definitely check that out. Definitely check out cyberpunk 2077. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, and it's got, again, like we talk about, uh, a cast of characters, fully voiced and, um, similar to Baldur's Gate three. It's a mature game. This is, uh, this is definitely M for mature, similar to, uh, Baldur's Gate three. Um, So you got that going for you as well.
1: I learned why Baldur's Gate is is rated M. Yes. Because my my one cohort decides to just be naked all the time.
0: Yeah, you can do that.
1: He goes to sleep naked. And I'm just like, what do you, what do you, why, why are, why are you naked?
0: You mean before they go to, at the end of the day, when you long rest, they just take all their clothes off
1: basically yeah whenever we do that but my favorite is we were in uh we were (laughs) we were we were in some building or something we were doing something i got distracted i was looking at something else and i turned back around and and he's just standing there in front of me naked i'm like why why are you doing this to me it was uh it was really funny though
0: (laughs) you can take all your clothes off in that game and uh there's a reason i think there's like a isn't there like a stream safe toggle where to make sure there's no nudity or something? I can't, I can't remember.
1: Uh, Maybe there is, but
0: you don't have that turned on.
1: No, I (laughs) didn't. I didn't know I could do that.
0: You can turn nudity off. Uh, so that, uh, you don't, you don't have, you don't have to see it. It's an option.
1: I mean, these are good friends, so they're just like, they're being funny. They're not. Yeah,
0: (laughs) of course.
1: I'm just glad random people can't come up and do that. (laughs) because they would.
0: No, it's not an MMO. I think there's a if it was an MMO, they would they probably wouldn't have those options there. Um I'm curious though, before we move into the news, uh Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle. What's this one about?
1: Okay. So, this game came out uh I think 2018. I think it was 2018. Something like that. But I didn't know about it until um Early this year, when I found out that he was being delisted. So, yes, I'm going to talk to you about a game that nobody can get. But <laughs> maybe you have it, and maybe you just don't play it. But it's um, it's Friday the 13th themed, right? And it's just like this puzzle where you move Jason around the room to murder people. And you're going to murder everybody and try not to get caught or fall into lakes and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's just such a cute, it's such a cute game. Um, I love anything horror. And Friday the 13th is one of my favorite franchises of like all time. And it's really sad. The amount of issues that all the Friday, the 13th games are going through, you know, there's the other one, uh, the, you know, the one that's like dead by daylight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just called Friday the 13th, isn't it?
1: Okay, sure.
0: <laughs> it's a good guess. Honestly, I could be completely wrong. But, no, uh, no,
1: I think it is. I just, you know, the game. I guess, right? Oh but,
0: yes, you're right. Friday the Thirteenth, the game. Yeah, they gotta the stand apart from, uh, from everything. Yeah, that one you can still buy, though. That one's uh, I think going to be delisted end of, um, yeah, end of December. Uh, yeah. And then, so if you don't
1: have it, yeah. go buy it because then us people who have it, we can we can play uh I bought it and I bought all of the I think I bought like all the DLC that could go with that game as well because because I knew well, the only bad stuff's going to happen and and I just I love the like Dead by Daylight's cool of course and that, that's where everyone is but if I could play Friday the 13th stuff it just looks so cool but this, this is like a it's like a <laughs> it's a cutified version of of Jason and they have, like, different kinds of skins, and if you know you're Friday the 13th, then you can look at these skins and go, oh, wow, yeah, that really does look like him from part three, or, yeah, that's, that's Jason from the Jason, the 80s Jason game, you know, the, did you ever see that game? The one where uh, he's, like, he's, like, no. green and purple. Oh. Yeah, so okay. there was a there was a friend of the 13th game from the 80s and it was just like the cheesiest looking thing ever cuz it was the 80s. Um but like all that stuff was so cute. And it's just, you know, it kills time really.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it and it's really interesting. So this is um it's kind of like a top-down puzzle game like you were saying. And now you are controlling Jason and you're trying to kill everybody basically on the map. Is that kind of how this works? Yes. Okay.
1: But you have to find the right way. Right. In a certain number of, uh, um, you only get a certain number of moves, I think.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Or maybe that certain maps are like that. I can't remember if it's every map that forces you to do it in certain. Now, I think it's certain maps make you do it in a certain amount of moves. But it can be really difficult because I'm not good at puzzles, but I will sit there and play that. And it's really people.
0: unfortunate that uh, yeah, like I think the story behind the Friday the Thirteenth license is like basically all the licenses revoked because they're going through a whole legal thing, right? Like there's some sort of yeah. dispute as to who owns it, and basically it yeah avoided. because there's
1: the there's the dude that wrote it, and uh-huh. then there's the dude that who was like the producer and whatnot, and they both own something of Friday the Thirteenth. So that's why there's been this legal battle for, by the way, years. So, mm-hmm. you know, even before the video games, there's been all this stuff, which is why there's not like more recent Friday the 13th movies. Um, So it's it's affected a lot of stuff over over the years. Like we still have we haven't had. When was the last Friday the 13th movie? 2009? The,
0: yeah, the remake, not the remake, but the reboot. Yeah, I feel like it was it had the guy from uh,
1: Supernatural. Supernatural, Yeah, that one
0: was uh, that one was a reboot of Friday the 13th. I think they kind of did that. And it was that like it it sounds like I'm being reductive, but like it feels like that movie was if you if you told me they set out to remake or reboot the Friday the 13th uh, franchise in, in, you know, just before 2010. Like, I think if you watched that film, you'd be like, yep. That's exactly what they did. And it's not good. It's not. I don't even think it was, like, yeah. panned or anything, but...
1: It was just... And that's the thing, because, uh, to be perfectly honest, if you watch the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, um, that Nightmare on Elm Street one was awful. So the Friday the 13th one was almost like, you know what? It wasn't that, you know? It's just... It's <laughs> to, like, it wasn't... it. You're right. It wasn't great, but it really... It, it wasn't the worst remake we've seen, especially yeah. in horror. But, um, you know, I think, I think they do interesting things sometimes with reboots. And I know that one didn't work, but nowadays things are getting legacy sequels. And I feel like that is one of the ways we're making uh, some of the horror, you know, actually work. Like if you look at uh, Halloween 2018, legacy sequel and that is pretty phenomenal considering halloween has is like one of my least favorite franchises of all time like just i you know halloween is a great movie the original halloween you know 1978 and everything but like the uh some of those movies in there are terrible
0: yeah no and and i think that that comes with the territory of having a franchise that's been around since the 70s long 78 78? yeah into the 80s and you know as you release sequels over the decades you kind of it, it, you're kind of stuck in that time right but I, I I agree with you I think a legacy sequel um you could have a lot of fun with setting a legacy sequel far enough away from the other Friday the 13th or even Nightmare on Elm Street and uh it's still pick up elements from those original films. And, and and I think scream even did it too. Didn't scream come back with a trilogy after are they on the trilogy now? Uh,
1: Yes. So the, the, the newest scream movie, which is just called scream, which thank you for that. Whenever we're looking up stuff on the internet, uh, (laughs) people, but yeah, that, that is, is a legacy sequel. And it, it literally explains legacy sequel inside the movie because, you know, it's a, right self-aware meta horror movie That's true, and a lot of people really like it they're you know they're digging the new stuff i i i don't think it's bad it's it's you know like i'm i'm always gonna have like a soft spot for the original four but uh i don't you know i don't throw any shade on the newer stuffs the only thing that we are we are going to get actually is because of this they they're working on a prequel series um, for Friday the Thirteenth, so it's going to be like a Crystal Lake series. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm just saying. Like, look so, at Chucky. They brought Chucky back in a in a in a series in a show. It's coming back with its like third or fourth season, and it's it's phenomenal. I don't know how you feel about horror. I'm sorry. I'm... I don't
0: know. I you know it's funny. Like, well, I mean. I do a podcast about zombies specifically. And I think I'm always the odd one out of like, I don't watch a lot of horror films, but I, 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 for some reason, enjoy specific parts of the zombie genre. And I think it's sort of Mm -hmm. half walking dead stuff and half, um, you know, the, the, the campiness of the zombie genre. And like, there's a fine line, uh, And I always find it funny, you know, having conversations with, with folks about, about horror and and zombie stuff in general It's like, I am the, of the opinion that there's like a lot of people think zombies are overdone. It's like, well, no, like there's just, there's so few good zombie stuff out there that you can truly say is good. So when folks are like, oh man, the last of us, we're doing that again. It's like, no, like this is good zombie content. We got, we got to enjoy it while we have it. Um, so but yeah, in terms of other horror, I really enjoy talking about it. I really enjoy learning about it. I was also surprised to see that there was like three seasons of this Chucky series. Um, isn't? And it has Jennifer Tilly as well. Like she's back, right? Yeah. she's. It's funny. She's playing herself
1: and herself.
0: <laughs> okay. And it's who's very, the voice of Chucky? Very- isn't it Mark Hamill? Isn't he doing it? No. No,
1: Mark Hamill only did in the in the remake, which was a terrible remake, by the way. Let's, right. Um, but the person who's been doing it for all of the movies and now the show is a man named Brad Dourif, and you, I'm not sure most people would recognize him, but he is a phenomenal actor. Like he was in The Exorcist Three, and like just he was like probably the best thing in that movie. Like he is. Really, really good, and he's got a great voice, and his daughter's even in the show as well, like his grown daughter now, so it's uh, yeah, you'll have to look him up, he's done a bunch of stuff, and
0: yeah, but you never get to see his face, true, no, you just get uh, like and for some reason, I thought that, like now you're saying he voiced he voiced it the whole time, but for some reason in my head, I thought, um uh michael uh, keaton was the voice of chucky but that's not true at all he probably has nothing to do with uh (laughs) i don't know why my brain went there for some reason um but anyways it is unfortunate that the friday the 13th games have sort of become like a like sort of a victim of this whole lawsuit and um yeah unfortunately killer puzzle is not available for purchase but um it does look cool. Like it, it kind of looks like one of those, like I said, like one of those puzzle games that you'd find on mobile where you're just, yeah. it's like a set solution or set number of solutions to try to solve each puzzle. And with a hundred puzzles, like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of neat. So hopefully at some point they will sort it all out and we will be able to get this game back, but it does mm. seem to be stuck in uh, legal limbo. Um,
1: Sadly. But Sadly. if it's in your inventory, because sometimes people just buy stuff. True. And you're not playing it, you know? Check it out.
0: Definitely check it out. And there's probably some uh, some videos on YouTube or Twitch that you could probably check out as well. I think uh, that's still that still flies out there, even though the game's been delisted. But yeah, check it out. It looks cool. And you know what? It's October. It's about time we got some some scary games in here. So uh, we're due up. So I appreciate you bringing bringing some Halloween to the Gamers Inn.
1: Yeah, that and there's a Friday this week.
0: That's true. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That's a good point. Friday the 13th, there's a big uh, scary event that's going to be happening, Um, (laughs) mainly because Crofton will be there. Uh, You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, Crofton, if you're listening, which he isn't, even if you say his name three times, you can't summon him. It's impossible. You have to send him the timestamps and everything for him to listen. Uh, when you mention him, but uh, Friday the thirteenth, Friday October thirteenth, starting at eight PM Eastern, we're going to be doing an extra life event. Event uh, dads will return, and this time we're going to be playing N sixty four games uh, with uh, Crofton, Travis, whirlwind, and I. Uh, we all have the Nintendo expansion pass, and we were trying to think like, what what should we do for for this year's event, dads? And we thought, you know what, we could use that thing we're paying for. Um, <laughs> So that's kind of how it started, and then I realized, oh, I could also use that N64 controller I bought. <laughs> it's been sitting there. Uh, well, you know, it's the coolest thing. It's like a wireless N64 controller, but uh, you know, you're not really using an N64 controller to play anything but N64 games. It's not like the GameCube, where it was like a a controller you want to use uh, outside of that generation. But uh, we are going to dust it all off, and we're going to play some N64 games. We did some tests. We ran some tests to kind of make sure it all works. And surprisingly, uh, the way that Nintendo 64 app, the way Nintendo does their online, works quite well. You create a lobby, you start the app up, everyone joins in, and you just, one person sort of controls what games you boot up. And it's like, man, I was like transported back to the to the 90s and early 2000s playing those games uh, as we were testing out. So we're going to play GoldenEye, uh, Mario Party 1, Mario Kart uh, we even loaded up Pokemon Stadium. So we're gonna play some Pokemon mini games. <laughs> and uh, it's it's gonna be a blast. And it's all for Extra Life. Uh, you can tune in Friday, October 13th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern at tiny.cc slash watch event ads. And to donate, you can go to bit.ly slash tgi extra life twenty twenty three. We'll have all the links in social and discord. So um stay tuned for for that. And uh, yeah, it's this Friday. So don't miss it. Crofton, Travis, and I will be playing uh, with Whirlwind uh, as we battle it out uh, in some N64 classics. And I also want to thank our patrons uh, over at patreon.com slash Uh We are looking for our October patrons. So if you want to get a shout out all month long, you can go over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. We really appreciate all the support from everyone uh, uh, over on Patreon. So we really appreciate it. And with that, we will move to the news because we've got um, we got a good chunk of stories. Lots happened in the last week. Kicking things off with uh, another Unity story here. This one's basically, um, well, John Riccitiello, uh, his, uh, you know, some are saying stepping down. He may be saying retiring. Um, but he is no longer going to be the CEO of Unity, um, effective, I think effective as of right now, but he's still being paid through April, which is kind of weird, but um, maybe that goes hand in hand with the whole retiring thing, right? That's probably why he's being paid longer, but I don't know if you've kept up on this, but it was a whole whirlwind of news stories of Unity just basically shit in the bed and
1: (laughs) Yeah, real bad.
0: Real bad. They undid some of it. Uh, I mean, if to to kind of maybe take the more positive angle here, if we're looking at the health of Unity long term, having one person to blame for these changes and for the lack of trust that developers have in Unity and then getting rid of that person probably does a lot for the image of the company and, and to keep business long term. I could be wrong here. But I feel like this is the move you make if you're in damage control and trying to recuperate your business um, without without basically reversing I mean, even if you reversed everything about that runtime fee policy, like you're still dealing with folks that are upset with the fact that you did it in the first place and and the way you did it too, frankly, the way they they retroactively tried to apply it to everything. So the CEO yeah. stepping down like it kind of I think it's a it's a step forward. Positive for unity, at least.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you can connect the dots back to him, it actually being his fault, that would be one thing. And they always have to get rid of somebody when, when something happens, because that's, that's what they want to show. They want to be like, oh, look, you know, this is the person to blame and we're taking the trash out. But can you trust them? And that's the thing. It's going to be the the people that have to use it, that have to make that decision. Like it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me right now, except does it? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> i just thinking to myself, I, I'm like.
0: No, what? no, that's true. Like, am I, using, I think if you're using, like, I think it affects you if, um, it, twofold, if you were a looking to start developing video games in unity was maybe one of your choices. Like Mm -hmm. I think that's a critical thing, but I think one thing to to keep in mind is like unity is used by a lot of developers across the board. And if you have a favorite developer or a favorite uh, product you're waiting for, and it's built in unity, those changes could impact, um, the the product you're looking to, to, to experience down the road. You know, they might have to reboot it with a new engine or, or they might, um, have to charge more to cover uh these runtime fees depending on how popular it is uh but I think you you, you make a very valid point there and that like this is even if you can kind of point it all back to to John Riccatello as the CEO you know being a CEO doesn't mean you make all the decisions you're involved with a lot of the decisions but like it's not you making the sole decisions uh so you're right it kind of does feel like a, a bit of a scapegoat thing here like there's no way there's no way it's just him that was cool with this. Like it had to be, it's definitely a group effort. Like it's a big company, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I would think. You know, I actually like started to learn unity at one point.
0: (laughs) Well then, yeah, it does affect you. (laughs) If you I stopped,
1: I stopped. That's the thing. Like I, it it was, it was really interesting, you know, yeah, work. And then like you get busy with life and stuff and, So I stopped, I stopped doing it. And then like, when I heard the story, I'm like, well, thank God I stopped because, you know, and, and, and to be perfectly honest, like, even if it is like a scapegoat, like the dude is like pretty old, right? He was probably going to retire anyway, and he's going to be like richer than he's going to have more money than I will ever even know exists. So, uh, I really don't know what to say about that. Yeah. It's you know, golden parachute and all that, right?
0: Oh yeah, he's got um he'll he'll have money. Yeah, he'll be fine. I, I don't think no one's worried he'll about John. Yeah, he'll, he'll be good. He will um he will join some board and make even more money and stock <sighs> options and all that fun stuff. So, uh no one's worried about Yeah, I'm not worried about him. Um <laughs> <That's so fun. laughs> It's more like I like, I I think um and there uh, we've said this before, there's so many options out there for engines. Like you have Godot, you have unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, this is kind of a weird take for unity to have. in that, like if they made that change 10 years ago, then yeah, maybe they'd have a lot more to stand on, but there's so many options now. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're basically giving folks a reason to look at competition, uh, when there is a lot of it. So, uh, this is just the next necessary step in damage control. And it's having someone high up, step down. And sometimes companies do that. Uh, sometimes, uh, companies don't do that. They have sometimes their folks stick I around. Yeah. Um,
1: sometimes you wish somebody would leave. <laughs> exactly.
0: And you hope maybe, you know, when a deal, certain deal closes, maybe someone yeah. will leave, uh, you know, maybe. and they'll make millions of dollars and they'll be fine. They'll land on their feet as well. But, uh,
1: <laughs> oh, that's um, so sick.
0: well you know what let's talk about it let's talk about uh microsoft's activision blizzard deal we've been covering this for what's the meme 86 years i think yes um it's
1: been 84 years
0: 84 years yeah old lady from titanic.gif so (laughs) uh you know what speaking of friday the 13th here's the other time timeline here um it looks like the deal could close this friday that's what people are saying do you believe it (laughs)
1: I don't. I don't know anymore. I don't know what to believe about Microsoft and Blizzard. I've heard so many things. I love people's lofty dreams. Like my favorite is, by the way, if this if the deal goes through, somebody was like, maybe heroes will come back. Oh, you sweet summer child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that under Microsoft there is a. Stronger chance of franchises getting love with new games or remasters or remakes. Um, I think Heroes. Well, you never know. You you never know. Uh, but Heroes Heroes is not going to go away. I think Heroes has an even stronger chance to continue to exist as a as a game you can play. I mean, you see a lot of the. I, I think I just there's a joke going around, and I got the email too. Um, there's a a MOBA called Gigantic. I think it's called. And I got an email to my gamers in email and it was like, you know, a, a gigantic revival event play for the weekend and relive your favorite moments from the MOBA that was shut down. And I'm like, you want me to install the client, play the game for a weekend, and then you're going to take it away from me again. Like, what's what is this? Why is this happening? So I see that. And then I think we have it. We have it OK with Heroes of the Storm in that we can still play it. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, this deal closes on Friday. Um, next week we might have our last update, which would be nice <laughs> for this story. Cause I feel like, like you said, we've been talking about it for a while. Um, and oddly enough, like there was an update from the Activision Blizzard main Twitter account answering questions about, um, uh, ABK games on Game Pass and specifically mentioning that, there are two big 2023 releases: Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, and Diablo 4 will not be on Game Pass until next year at the earliest. Now, the idea here is that Blizzard uh, or Microsoft would add a good portion of Activision Blizzard games because they would become first party to Game Pass. That would that would be in line with the way they've done it previously. But a lot of folks were wondering, like, what would the timing be? Would they really put these big games like Diablo 4 and, and Call of Duty day one? Uh, It seems although it's kind of weird that Activision Blizzard, which is still just Activision Blizzard, is tweeting this information out um, when like we and we've seen this Phil Spencer like being asked these questions like, well, what do you think about what Activision Blizzard says about this? And they're like, well, when we buy them, I'm the boss. You know, I get I'll tell them what to do. (laughs) This feels like one of those like, please buy our game. Don't wait for it to come on Game Pass type tweets, you know? Huh. Maybe I don't know it it's just a wild one like i like the deal isn't closed it is likely to close, but to like tamper expectations of like don't wait for it to come to game pass it won't be anytime soon is a is a weird one it kind of feels like the social media manager got some bad information which which sucks I hate when that happens i've I've been there mm-hmm. um or yeah. maybe it is an official stance I don't know it just seems odd.
1: Well, you know, like uh, I, don't, I think it's a it's probably a good thing to tell people to go and go and buy the games. Like don't wait. Yeah. While they get the money.
0: It's in their best interest for folks to buy it. I, I get that. And I I am definitely guilty of yeah. uh, not picking up Diablo 4 thinking like, well, this deal will close. It's supposed to close what? July? I don't know. Now it's supposed to close what? October. So, and and <laughs> I I think I think there is a difference between some of the other stuff coming to Game Pass Day One and Activision Blizzard titles, like I, I will fully admit, I know Call of Duty is a, is on a different sort of tier of gaming, and Diablo Four is right there too. Like, um, but I think Diablo Four will be is in a good spot for Game Pass because they're, they're they've kind of shifted to seasonal content now, right? Like with expansions and stuff, and that stuff's not included with Game Pass; it's separate, mm-hmm. um you have to buy that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if this deal closes Friday, I don't expect stuff on game pass right away like that. It, it, it'll take time. So.
1: No, where if the, like, I mean, you know, there, it's going to take, it's going to take time for two huge companies to, you know, mingle, merge, whatever you want to call it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, amalgamate their technologies. Like, (laughs) we've what other buzzword presentation words can we use here? But I think that you're right in that um, while steps have been taken by Blizzard specifically to bring their games to other platforms like steam. And well, I think it's just steam to be honest, but like, that's a step, like that's a step that, you know, work needs to be done to make those systems work. And so that they can engage with, with battle.net. But we we've seen other partnerships announced, and then you know with with microsoft and then seeing it take time for for that for that function to be put into place like i think specifically with um i think with riot games they did a whole partnership and it took a while for that to be added um and it was just the technology underneath that just needed to be sort of set up but uh yeah next week maybe maybe we'll be able to talk about it being done probably not though (laughs)
1: Here's my question. So when when they merge, will it be M A B K?
0: Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Micro. It might just be Microsoft, or it might just be. I think they call. What do they call it? It's like Xbox Studios, and they're under the Xbox Studios banner. And and you know, I know what a lot of people are hoping. A lot of people are hoping that it'll be Activision on one mm. side of the. You know. Xbox Studios graphic and then all the way on the other side separated by all their other studios will be Blizzard just get them as far away from each other as possible uh, I don't think that's going to happen but I think you are going to see sort of a decoupling of Activision and Blizzard and King and have them be their own properties going forward Boy, yeah. uh, under Xbox Studios similar to or it could be like what how Bethesda did it I think Bethesda it continues to be its own studio or collection of studios, you have Bethesda proper, then you have arcane and machine games and stuff like that. And they, they all sort of continue to exist under that Bethesda banner. So maybe it'll be more like that. Maybe ABK will continue to be sort of the umbrella. Um, because I don't think Microsoft's really interested in like detangling that mess. Although maybe that'd be a good thing to do. I don't know. It's a tough, uh, well, Phil Spencer has his job cut out for him. You know, the fun truly begins after you spend 70 plus billion dollars. I think I think that's that's how that saying goes. How about this? How about how about how do you feel about all these video game adaptations? Are you excited about uh, Cyberpunk 2077 getting a live action adaptation or only if Idris Elba is is starring alongside Keanu Reeves is what do you think?
1: I think in general, I would probably watch it. But if Idris Elba and Keanu Reeves are starring in it. I will be there like, you know, with popcorn in my hand ready. I don't know where I'm going to watch this that I'm lined (laughs) up apparently with popcorn, but I'd be there whether I'm like on the couch or if I have to go to a theater, I will go to a theater. All right. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. I don't even know if they've said it's a TV series or just says live action projects is in very early stages of development. Um, and, and this is—it's interesting because Cyberpunk 2077 is based on a tabletop game, so it's a property that existed before CD Projekt Red got their hold on it. But this is specifically to uh, a collaboration with CD Projekt Red and their sort of take on the Cyberpunk 2077 universe. And like I said, like they have such a unique story that they're telling in 2077. I wonder if they adapt that or if they take more of the edge runners approach and they just happen to set a story within that universe. Um, But yeah, we don't have a lot of details, but like, I think that, I think CD project red has done well to sort of work on adaptations like with the witcher. I know they're not completely involved with the witcher, but like they are involved adjacent to that. So they're probably excited to have their own sort of adaptation to call their own, but yeah, no, no, no telling if we're going to get a Johnny Silverhand story and have Keanu Reeves, Sort of yelling expletives at the main character, so you know.
1: If it's a show, they'll probably end up like guest starring at some point. Cause like they're much more like movie movie people, right?
0: Yeah, Keanu Reeves is more these days, I think for sure. It just kind of jumps back and forth. I know he's got a TV show right now on Apple TV that just uh, wrapped their season one. So he 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 will do oh, TV. Yeah. That's so. true. Um, but
1: he should he should do more movies. He should he should have been the new James Bond. I'm tired.
0: Yeah, and that's like, the thing. Uh, I didn't mention it in that? the when we were talking about the expansion, but like he is essentially James Bond in that expansion, <laughs> uh, but like a more um, uh, like with a harder edge. Like he's much more oh. ruthless and, um, but also like more. Sp- I mean I haven't seen a lot of 007 but I think he's more of a spy in those the expansion than than 007 was maybe in the older films maybe in the newer films he's more of a spy like he does more of the spy stuff but like you know there's like a secret secret coded messages and contacting on like a specific phone line and stuff like it, which is like screams like spy movie to me and so yeah Idris Elba is is definitely playing like a super cool spy and uh phantom liberty so i honestly would i i would love to see like if i look at the stories i would love to see that expansion adapted because it's a more it's a more contained story that has like a lot of history to it and you could dive into the history in a television series and kind of jump out of the main story and look into the history of like what's going on in that area uh of the game so whereas i think night city is like it's it's pretty big so If they wanted something focused, they could look at that Idris Elba uh, expansion, and then you could have both Idris Elba and uh, Keanu Reeves in it too. So that's my thought process. So
1: I'm in whatever it is. You're also convincing. You're little by little, you're convincing me to 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 buy this game.
0: (laughs) I think you'd like it. I think you would. And again, like it's different enough from Baldur's Gate three, but still offers that like engaging character moments where you're having conversations with folks. Like if you, if you, I, I did tune into bow stream as well, and it was, uh, I think at the, at the moment there was just mayhem going on. Like it, it was just the combat and just decimating enemies left, right and center. But like, there is a, there is a very big part of that game that is, that is, um, conversing with characters and interacting with different characters and, and going on, more unique missions than just like, I got to kill everything here to finish the mission. That's been my biggest surprise with cyberpunk is that like, I'll, I even, I didn't even engage with like, there's a gig system with each specific handler uh, in each district. I never did that when I originally played it. Cause I just assumed it was like, just fetch quests. Like just do, do this five times and then I'll give you some rep. But no, it's like, those are all like side quests. Those are all story based, Sort of side quests, and they, they may like start with like kill everybody in this, you know, rescue this person in this building or rescue this piece of tech, but it turns into something else, and, and usually ends with a choice of of how you want to resolve the that moment. So, yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is really good right now. Uh, I think you dig it, you dig it. Um, but now for something completely different, how do you feel about Animal Crossing in Lego form?
1: Um. Hmm. Never played. I don't think I've ever played Animal Crossing, but I like Legos, so I'm all for it.
0: Well, this can be your first, uh, your first foray in Animal Crossing in Lego format.
1: <laughs> they're cute. I saw the I saw the pictures, and they're they're adorable. You know what? I played something on my on my mobile. It was something like there was some game at some point that I was playing. It wasn't full on Animal Crossing. It was something else.
0: Was it Pocket Camp? Because they did have an Animal Crossing mobile game, which was close.
1: That must have been it. Like everybody was trying it. So I tried it too. But it just it wasn't my kind of game, you know, but it was cute for the time. Mm -hmm. I remember going to the beach and stuff like that. I don't know. I fished.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fishing. You can like decorate and stuff. And it's really like a, it's one of the, it's like a life sim game where you just are doing (laughs) funny enough. Oftentimes you're doing chores and you're building and you're saving money and paying off mortgages and when you kind of explain it that way, it, it kind of sounds like real life a little bit.
1: It's kind of like, like how Scott likes chore core stuff. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do the chores in real life. And I don't want to do them in the game.
0: But <laughs> what if you could interact with a bunch of cute animals?
1: Uh, I mean, like I tried it. It was uh, I don't know, it just <laughs> wasn't, you know, I wasn't keeping up with it. Like I used to play this other game where it was like kittens and I had to like feed, you know, silly little mobile game to play. And so I haven't been on there in a really long time and I'm afraid to even look because <laughs> I don't I didn't I don't think I fed the cats and Uh-oh. I don't know how that game goes.
0: <laughs> no, you didn't pay the ninety nine cents for the unlimited refill. Uh cat uh what do they call it? Cat cat bins, I guess, or cat food bins.
1: <laughs> I yeah, no, I might just have to delete the game so I don't have to go in there and hear the cats crying about yeah, something or
0: other. You might want to just just back away from the app on that one. Um well if 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 you are looking for this you, they're going to have um five different sets available March 1st 2024 uh which is perfect timing because um my youngest daughter who's who is named Isabel I I'm like okay I'm going to get the Isabel set. Uh Aww. and like all Lego sets you kind of have to like you get specific characters with specific sets and of course the Isabel sets like well, it's not as expensive, and this is very fitting. The most expensive one uh, has Tom Nook, and that one is eighty dollars US. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's Tom Nook for you. He's the one that that um, gives you the house for free, but then says like, "But here's your debt. Now you <laughs> owe me. You can't leave the island till you pay pay your pay your debt." A jerk. Uh, yeah, he's a bit of a jerk, but you know, he's a he's a he. You know, he gets people to the island he keeps keeps things moving i guess so he's got something going uh but these sets like they are um so they're not really so they're not in line with the mario sets where they have like a specific unique function where the mario sets you have like the the digital mario that will interact with different colors and stuff and you can kind of play through the sets these are more traditional lego sets where they are mini figures you're building out different environments and and kind of more what I know we've talked about in the past on the show of wanting of like just sort of vignettes of Lego sets. So like if I'm hoping if this stuff does well, we'll get like, I would love a couple of legend of Zelda sets. That would be really cool. So I'm going to buy at least one of these and set it up. And I think it's going to be the Isabel one. Uh, although I don't know who, who comes with fauna, whoever that is. I don't know who that is. Um, (laughs) sometimes you'll mention the character names and people know exactly who you're talking about. Like not necessarily the characters that, uh, are the NPCs of the Island, but like the, the different people who, who will live there with you. Like there's a bunch of random people that, that they'll pull from when they move to your Island. And you'll say like a name of like, Oh, well that's, um, Julian and everyone will know who that is. I'm like, I don't know who that is. just a random character. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, here's another Nintendo story here. Uh, Nintendo to sunset online services for 3DS and Wii U in April 2024. And um, this is something we kind of saw coming because they shut down the eShops last year, or I guess this year. And I think this is quite common for Nintendo especially, is they will they will decommission you know, their online infrastructure for older systems. And I get it from a security standpoint. Like you have older older software, older server setups. You don't want to maintain them because maintaining them costs money and you have to maintain them or you can run into security issues. So, I mean, on that front, it makes sense. But it goes back to the whole Unity conversation of like, well, can you trust Nintendo to keep this, like the Switch's systems up and running past you know, the the Wii U is not that uh, like the 3DS is not that old. Like the 3DS has been around for a, for a while, but it it only kind of went away, and I think just before 2020, I think. So like, is the it like they keep saying like, oh well, the Nintendo accounts we've got a good setup here, but like them sunsetting these older technologies, like it kind of puts a ticking clock on the current technology, which is the Switch. You know, like how long after the Switch sees its successor arrive. Will will that stuff be shut down? Um, and I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I, I think that shutting down these online services gives Nintendo an excuse to remaster and remake and re-release a lot of their older titles because you can't buy them on their original platforms. But uh, that was sort of the idea. the 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 really cool part about digital storefronts is that, like you know, with Steam, like oh man, I can go out, I can go back and buy a game that came out in 2010. I don't have to worry about whether it's available at my local GameStop. I can just go buy it right now. That's always been the benefit, I think, of of digital storefronts in my mind. You know? Yeah. Um, like, how do you feel about uh, possibly losing, like, th- this kind of, like, reduction of services uh, from, from the console? I know you don't have a lot of console. You don't have a console, but, like, how do you... Like, as a PC player, like, you kind of have, you know, the best world there where you'd like you know that your steam library is safe right
1: i mean i hope it is now that you yeah. said that now i'm scared <laughs> um but you know sometimes uh there's like necessary evils that have to happen and uh i know there's like uh I-, I don't know how many people are still on this or mad about it but you know those 10 people that's uh it sucks for them it really does yeah. That sounds terrible. I, I sound insensitive, no, no. but you know, no. it's just like, you know, they can't keep it forever. And they have to they have to make it safe. And that's just yeah. it. Yeah. I saw like the meme that somebody was just like put in there. <laughs> it's just that Nintendo doesn't care about you or something like that. And I'm just it's a company. It no, it doesn't care about you. It's like, you know. It's kinda like like Blizzard. Like everyone was like, Oh Blizzard is such a you know, like I love Blizzard games, but it's a company, right? At the end of the day they have to do what is best for you know, whatever, for the bottom line or for security purposes or the greater good. All right, maybe not the greater good, the uh what do you call it when you're doing what you need to do for the everybody.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm also lacking the word that I, I know you're looking for. Like, uh, I think you, I, look. If you look at all the video game companies out there, I think Nintendo is the one that you could probably say cares about uh, their players. And I think if you look at it from a technical standpoint, uh, we always complain about Nintendo's setup of online, and they're sort of initial foray into online was in that era of the 3ds and wii u and it was not a great effort <laughs> there were a lot of issues there and if I, I really i really believe that if nintendo gets it right like look nothing stays around for forever uh, systems are put in place to stay around as long as possible i think steam has been the greatest example of uh, a digital storefront that's, that has kept it's doors open to customers of uh wanting to sure stuff gets delisted we talked about one of those games today that happens so they have that system in play but you can still download that game if you have purchased it um but i think with nintendo the real test will be uh with the switch to see what they do with you know the follow up to the switch and whether or not those systems are closely intertwined with the current switch. Now, if they throw it all out and start from scratch, which they said they're not doing, but you know, you never know their idea of, of not doing that. And our idea of not doing that might not be the same. That's happened before, but we'll have to see. But I, I I think you're right. Like the bigger news was Nintendo shutting down the e-shops because that was your ability to purchase older games. Um, This is, this is strictly like playing your games online uh, but in that regard, like there are there are games that are online only that that likely had like a, a strong online component that will no longer work, and that could very well be a big portion of the game. Like Splatoon, the original Splatoon was on Wii U, and that was did not have a campaign; it was primarily an online game. So it very much changes the way the way you will enjoy that game without the online services. Uh, but that's where the internet comes in. I mean, the internet has uh, always taken what Nintendo doesn't want to do and runs with it. You know, so I would imagine there are there's someone out there working on like a replacement for your Nintendo online infrastructure for Wii U and 3DS games. It would not surprise me because when Nintendo takes something away, someone on Reddit figures out a way to bring it back. Uh, that's been my experience. So. I'm sure that project exists, and someone in Discord will link it. So um, I look forward to to seeing that. Uh, now, Monica, you you don't own a console yet, but does the newly announced PlayStation Five, the sleeker uh, approach to the PS5, does that interest you? Do you want to play Spider Man Two on a slightly smaller PlayStation Five?
1: <laughs> um. I mean, is it free?
0: No. <laughs> it's more expensive, actually.
1: Oh, God.
0: Actually, maybe um, not. But if you're going digital, it's more expensive.
1: Like, I know they have like the whole one of them has the disc thing. Yes. Or can they play Blu rays? Yes, they can. Is this yeah. the whole thing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, then, these would be Ultra
0: I'm- HD Blu rays. So you could watch um, um, uh, your. 4K remaster of Friday the Thirteenth uh, on this thing. I don't know if you have that. You probably you probably have one of your favorite horror movies in ultra 4K, don't you?
1: I have. I have an entire box set of Friday the Thirteenth in in Blu Ray, whatever you call it. Fancy. Well, there you go. Things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a crazy, crazy Friday the Thirteenth fan. I don't know if I mentioned that already.
0: Oh no, that's fine. Well, <laughs> you you, you might have mentioned it, but
1: I. I will say, actually, like, really quick, just, like, a little segue, like, not sure. only that, but, like, the first Friday the 13th was filmed in New Jersey, which is where I live, and there is a camp tour of that, of where they filmed it, like, oh. during the summer and, and fall and what, and I'm actually going in, like, two weeks to go visit the camp.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah. is it actually, like, set up at, it's not, um... Camp Crystal Lake, is it? Like, is it no. legit that? No. no? Okay.
1: That's, a, that's not what it's called, but it's, um, yeah, and I'm not going to get murdered there either. So,
0: well, that's good.
1: <laughs> I'm not planning on it, at least.
0: That's but, not in the brochure, I would think. They'd yeah. say, it. is that like an asterisk? You will actually, you know, don't worry about it.
1: It's a tour. I hope, I hope there's no like serious jump scares or anything because I will scream. Um, But yeah, it's just like, where it was filmed and they take you around and stuff. So I'm very excited about that.
0: That is really cool. I mean, that's one thing I can't do is uh, the whole like haunted walk type stuff. Um, We went to um, Canada's Wonderland, which is a a huge sort of amusement park here in Canada, just outside of Toronto. And uh, they have their Halloween haunt, which they basically like, they close down the park unless it's a Friday or Saturday and it's all Halloween themed. But if you go during the day, it's like for kids. So I go with my my kids and we went and it's like perfect because no one's scaring you. Every, the people who are dressed up in costume are like approaching you and waving and saying hi and they're being all friendly. And like we went through like a haunted house and I'm just thinking to myself like at night there must be no lights. Everyone's like chasing yeah. you and trying to scare you. And like you have that <laughs> classic haunted house guy with a chainsaw but the chains off like you know the chains off but the sound is what scares you it's not the chain you know they're not going to chainsaw you you know that would be a I mean, liability <laughs> well yeah you hope but it's just i don't know like i could get, i i said i could never go at night cuz i know like they'd just be out to try to scare you and i'd be just an easy mark i'd be i'd be screaming no problem like uh it, it, you know but uh i so i go during the day when when it's you know for the little kids and like i don't get scared so
1: Wait until your kids get older.
0: Yes, that's that's true.
1: Then they're gonna want to go at night, and you're gonna be like, "No, you're grounded."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will be that lame dad that just protects myself from being scared. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I I would I would maybe go, but uh, you know, we already go to Canada's Wonderland. I don't go on the rides because I'm I'm not a big fan of rides. But my seven year old will go on everything. He is, for some reason uh, a daredevil, so. um Yeah, he loves scary rides. Uh, I mean, but all that being said, like it's I think this is a really good is a really good note on the fact that like for usually if a console was getting, you know, a refresh, you know, even if it was like a a slim down version, like a PS5 slim that we're seeing here. I think this kind of speaks to like my excitement of this news and that like it's cool. It's good that they're like refreshing it but like they're not changing they're not changing the guts this is not like a ps5 pro or a ps5 plus this is it's it's even got the same disk space it's got a 1 terabyte ssd in there for internal storage the disc version has the um has the disc drive the biggest change here is that it is a um it is reduced volume by 30% and weight by 18% and 24% based on, uh, on the models. Like the PS5 was big. I remember when I got it, I was like, holy crap, this thing's huge. Uh, and this is, you know, by the numbers, smaller. Uh, but the price is staying the same. They're, they are going to release this and it'll likely replace the stock that we currently have. The biggest difference here is that the disk drive is detachable um the faceplate looks to be kind of split in two where the disc drive is and you can kind of like pop off the disc drive so this is kind of neat for folks who want to buy the digital version in that if you decide to change your mind you can just buy this uh this disc drive add-on which will cost $80 US oh uh which is the price of of a uh, i think is a price of a video game these days i might be wrong <laughs> uh it's i know in canadian dollars it's 90 bucks for a video game this actually might be more expensive than a video game now that i'm kind of thinking i think video games are 69.99 that was the big deal went up by 10 bucks um this is more expensive but the difference here is that the digital version is 50 dollars more expensive than than it's currently available now you're looking at for the digital edition uh 450 us uh and then if you want to upgrade it's actually weird if you want to then add the disc drive, it's going to cost you twenty dollars more than just buying it all at once uh, with with the PS five with the disc drive in it. So that's yeah, kind so of weird.
1: Buy the disc drive.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's an odd approach. Like I really feel like to make this worthwhile, they should have had it priced in a way where where it was equivalent. You know, like it should have been. for the digital edition and then the difference between the two models is just the cost of the disk drive like if for it to be truly consumer friendly but in this case they've at least the options there like I I appreciate that but when the numbers don't add up like if you think even for a second you might want to buy a disc a disc game or play a movie on your system you might as well get the disk drive and wait for the disk drive edition
1: yeah.
0: Um but I mean it looks cool. It's 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 following a similar, you know, uh structure to the original PS5 like it's not changing up the way it looks. Um but uh yeah, you'll expect to uh pick these up uh in November, starting in November in the US uh through various retailers and um uh and PlayStation Direct. So starting this November and then uh, launching globally in the following months. So no word on whether this is going to be coming uh, outside of the U.S. Uh, this year, but I'm sure we'll get more details soon. We might even have more details. This, this just got announced today. But um, yeah, if you're in the market for a PS5, might as well wait for uh, these slim editions to come out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, my birthday's in November, so
0: there you go. Put it on your birthday list. That's perfect. And uh, you can get a disc drive edition.
1: It's so expensive. I can't even like, like I need, I need a new car. <laughs> like, I can't even like, that is so, it's crazy.
0: You put it in perspective there. Like how many car payments is the new PS5? I don't know.
1: Depends how nice the
0: car is. <laughs> it's true. And whether you want the disc drive or the, Vertical stand that you have to buy extra and all that fun stuff. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, or maybe it's the horizontal stand. I can't remember there. That's another thing they're charging for. Um, there's a different stand for, I think they're like, they, what did they say? They said, so here it is here. It's, um, uh, a horizontal stand will be included with a new PS five model. Also a new vertical stand compatible with all PS five models will be sold at 29.99 um that's interesting I thought this the, the current stand we have works but maybe not mm. anyways it's it was a weird announcement like I, I don't know if Sony was expecting like a big fanfare but honestly I think folks were just like okay yep that looks cool like I don't I don't think it changed the world it didn't light the world on fire that I think maybe Sony was like, used to having. I think as a publisher, they they kind of always expect like people to lose their minds over announcements like these. But uh, it's really just a console refresh. It's not um, it's there's not a whole lot going on here.
1: I think they do that often, right? Didn't they? They made like a smaller. I remember them doing that to PS3. Yes. That's how old I am, by the way, everyone. (laughs) I remember PS3
0: they did it for the ps3 they've done it i mean sony's been pretty on the ball for their refreshes they've done it with ps3 and and usually it's in regards to like their initial designs um for their launch consoles have never been the most sleekest looking boxes um the ps3 was also a behemoth and the slim really brought it down ps5 was big the ps4 i didn't mind the ps4 i think the ps4 um they just made it smaller literally. And I, and I think that's cool because like they can kind of like look at new technology and three years later kind of reduce, keep the same guts, but reduce the size. Um, And I, I think we, we all knew the PS five was going to have a smaller version eventually because it is quite big and just the way it's designed, it it is bulky, you know? Yeah. Um, So, uh, and the good news here is that, technically it might drive the cost down at least from a used perspective uh drive the cost down of the original launch ps5s so you might be able to pick one up used at a a decent price when folks are sort of upgrading because you do have those folks that will will upgrade and um sell their older console so if you're in the market that might be the place to look so but yeah, that is going to do it for our news this week and uh, this episode of the Gamers Inn. Now, before we exit uh, stage left, I want to know, Monica, where can folks find you on the Internet?
1: Oh, uh, hmm, I should have thought of an answer for this. Um, yes, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch and Blue Sky at wicked kitten 13 yes i'm gonna continue to say twitter by the way i'm just that's okay i'm gonna go on my little rant here but here's my thing okay so here's my here's my rant okay yes imagine if google decided to change its name to q (laughs) are you gonna constantly like say i'm gonna go cue that for you
0: no i wouldn't say that it's like
1: it's like you took a word that became a thing, like a verb, and it's like a you tweet. You know, you it's a tweet. I'm retweeting something. How are you going to change the name to X? Like it, it drives me nuts.
0: It makes no sense. I, it I makes think no uh, sense. You know, it's it's like Kleenex. Like you're saying, like oh, I'm going to go get a Kleenex, but like you probably haven't. I haven't purchased Kleenex. Like it's probably some other generic brand and i
1: like puffs
0: yeah but there you go sad. but you're not saying you know you're you're saying like i'm gonna go grab a kleenex because that's just how it works like that's it's and i think with google that's a really great example because i'll be talking to someone i'm like oh let me google that yeah but like i might not even go to google the browser might be set to like duck duck go or something but i'm not going to say i'm going to go duck duck go it or exactly. search the internet for it. i'll say oh, i'm going to go google it because like that's You've you've become part of the discussion and you might not even be involved. Like, And some companies don't like that, but I think with Twitter, it's one of those things of like, I think if there's anything positive about it, about the switch, and I, maybe I'm not seeing it, but I feel like there hasn't been like a big push from higher ups at Twitter to make people call it X instead of Twitter. Like they've kind of left it alone. Like we're calling it X. We're going to continue to call it X. And we might correct folks who talk to us about it being Twitter, but we're going to call it X. But if folks outside of our boardrooms are calling it Twitter, like we're not going to send cease and desist letters, you know, for for people calling it Twitter. I don't know. I, I think it's it's been a I think even on the App Store, if you search for Twitter, <laughs> X comes up and then like the byline is like formally Twitter or something.
1: Oh, I hate that formally. <laughs> oh, should I? Should I say the shows that I do too? Is that a thing?
0: Of course. Yes. We talked about gore. So gore podcast. Um, where can folks find your podcasts?
1: So I do, a, I do a hearthstone show called hearth casual as well. And I'm also the hearthstone correspondent for realm maintenance podcast. Um, but yes, but yes, my, my big project is gore. Um, and that's a horror podcast. So if you like horror movies, then join us. And if you don't like horror movies, you should actually join us. Cause then you don't have to watch them. And then you, you, you look smart cause you know what happened in the movie. And yeah. So you can find all of that on, uh, at gorepodcast.com.
0: Perfect. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, living vicariously through people that are brave enough to watch horror films. That's kind of my MMO, you know, like, Film sack, uh, gore podcast. Like, that's that's sort of where I'm at. Of like, you folks are brave enough to watch these films. I am not. I will live vicariously through you and I will enjoy the plot summaries and the discussions. And, um, I think, I think horror films are the, one of the few where I will, uh, not skip an episode if I haven't seen it, you know? So, um, I really appreciate that. So definitely check out gore podcast uh hearth casual and and real maintenance for Monica's work and follow her on Twitter or Blue Sky or Twitch and all that fun stuff. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and and chatting with me about uh your adventures in Baldur's Gate 3 and Friday the 13th and and maybe possibly your adventures in Cyberpunk. You'll have to let me know if you pick it up.
1: Oh, I definitely will. I'll have to be like, look what happened to all my free time, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at least you get to spend more time with Keanu Reeves. That's that is true. That is true. Well, uh, you can find more of our episodes at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find Jocelyn at Joss plays. Remember to go congratulate her. Uh, baby Kearney has arrived and you'll find that tweet and near the top of Joss plays, uh, tweets <laughs> and you can find uh me and our murphy uh monica at wickedkitten 13 and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers Inn. thanks for staying at the gamers Inn. have a great week and we'll see you soon thanks for listening everybody